0: I'm Timothy Harvey. And I'm Jason Hunt. And this is the H2O Podcast. That's right. And if you are watching this on YouTube, it's the H2O video show. <laughs> well, it's, so,
1: t- it's still the H2O Podcast. That's
0: true, but you actually have, there is a video component to it. Uh, this is a, a pre-recorded show. We're not mm-hmm. actually live on Monday. Uh, Jason has a gig to be off to yes. on Monday
1: evening. I am currently, if you are watching this, in our regular... Uh, time slot. I am in two places at once at this point um, It's the magic of time travel in video. I am also at the University of Kansas on the floor at Allen Fieldhouse during a basketball game. So that is That's that's the magic of machinery. That's right. Technology, which I'm going to have to adjust because this this camera, our main camera right here, looks like it's cutting off our heads just a little bit. So you vamp. Yeah, well, I'll vamp. Well, I'll actually, vamp um, about the subject.
0: Uh, so um, over, well, I guess yesterday, uh, as we are recording this on Sunday, on the February 22nd, uh, Mike Hughes, also known as Mad Mike Hughes, he was an amateur stuntman and uh, daredevil. Uh, attempted to launch a homemade rocket um, to help prove his personal belief that the world is flat. Uh, Unfortunately, this attempt to reach the height that he wanted to reach to get the view he wanted to have ended in tragedy, and he died as the rocket crashed.
1: The theory being that if he could get high enough, he could visually prove...
0: That there was no curvature of there's
1: the There's no curvature, the world is flat.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, now, um, what seems to have happened, uh, there's no, the, it's, it's the next day, there's no way to know for certain exactly what right. happened, but the video, which is all over the internet, um, shows the chute deploying extremely early, which may have been a significant impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, also the rocket itself cost a grand total of $18,000, which is nothing for launching things into the sky that have people inside them. Um, and it also well, was a steam-powered rocket, which there is actual uh, arguments why steam-powered rockets can be, um, uh, can are perfectly fine for rocketry.
1: Nothing wrong with steam.
0: Nothing wrong with steam. However, there's a lot of science that goes into it. There's a lot of, of real... Uh, trial and error that didn't happen in this case. He only mm-hmm. had a couple of test flights, um, I think most of which were canceled at various points. Very. I think there was only one real test flight of a previous version of this thing. Right. Um, and so unfortunately, while he did, he sort of came up to the scientific method.
1: Um, he didn't actually do all the real. Kind of winked at it a little. Kind of winked at it.
0: Well, and, and, and of course, it's a tragedy. And, and he has friends and family. And so obviously, our sympathies For their loss. uh, Because, you know, it's a loss of a human being. Um, Unfortunately, one of the things that that everyone is talking about, uh, and I completely get the, there's so much, there's so much just really, and I don't, there's so much joking happening online right now. Oh, sure. Um, And um, some of it is actually quite funny uh, in a, ow, I can't believe you said that kind of way. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also, you know, it, and a lot of it comes from the fact, of course, that he was trying to prove that the world is flat. And outside of Terry Pratchett's Discworld, where it is elephants all the way down, the world is, in fact, something resembling a sphere. Um, really? It, it is a globish-looking thing, what floats in uh, you know our portion of the universe, uh, in our little piece of the galaxy. Circling the sun, that is also a globish thing and very large. And a lot of flat earthers also believe that the sun is in fact a flat disc. A quite small thing. No, it's it's a a, a a sphere. It's a sphere. It and the moon are spheres, but they're much much smaller than we think they are. Um, I believe thirty-two. One of the one of the ones I saw was thirty-two miles across. They're just tiny. Um, And well, and there's there's part of the flat earth theory involves. Uh, there being a giant ice wall around the disk, the the flat, so that the water won't fall off. Sure. And as you go to Antarctica, that's that's the actual wall. And there's a, there's a cruise ship. Uh, there's a, there's going to be going down to test this theory. Um, now, as some people have pointed out, part of the problem with this particular theory, uh, among other things, is that. Um, Using or, you know these days, if you are on board a, a seafaring vessel, you're determining your location with GPS. With GPS, which is a satellite, which is a satellite in orbit. Several satellites, in fact, quite a few satellites. So if you if the world was in fact flat, you'd need three, three whole satellites. I got news,
1: folks. There's
0: a lot more than three.
1: Okay, I seem to recall at some point. There was a man named Magellan
0: who uh, yeah, had was a, a boat. Fellow, yes, yes. Who
1: had a boat. So he did. And this boat floated on water. He did, which yes. Which the, 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 the globe is three-fourths water. Yes. If whole, you the, assume that... There's, there's a lot globe, of it, right? There's yeah. a mm-hmm. lot of water. So Magellan gets on this boat mm-hmm. in, what, the 1400s? Yes, yes, yes. And he sails on this boat... To various different points, right yeah uh-huh. in, a, in a path, sure, and ends up circumnavigating the globe. this is, this is yes, this is one of
0: those things. So yes. 600 years ago. Well, and that's even recent history because the Greeks were doing it in, what in 2000 BC. Um, there were other cultures around the world which were very well aware that the planet was roundish. Um, well,
1: I mean, you, even you go back to uh, scripture in, in the Bible, it all, all talks about well, know, but, the various but, different cosmological truths that are later proven by science. Well, but there's and, some folks
0: who actually who, to, who go to the Bible and find evidence there to find for it to be a flat surface, because there are some folks who come in from a religious angle. So there's a lot of different reasons why some of these people believe the things they believe. Um, They just happen to be wrong because we have evidence to the contrary. Sure. Now, the rise of the Internet, shockingly, has been a place where where this has proliferated. There have been various flat earth societies that have existed for quite some time uh, in the U.S., in the U.K., uh, in Canada. Um, There was, in fact, uh, most of them had died out or or had contracted uh, in membership significantly by the 80s. Uh-huh. And then the internet came and along. And the internet came. And up. then all of a sudden they're everywhere.
1: Uh, this this here is, is a is a is a representation of the Earth. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's round.
0: Right. And it's, this is it's it's a globe. And some of this is actually based by observation because we've been in space. We've it's had, true. We've had yeah, astronauts yeah, going we there. Have. And and some of the arguments against that, of course, leaving aside the staged by a certain filmmaker, um, is that no no, we went to space but um, it's 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 a function of the lens. It's the lens makes it look the lens curved. Makes it look round. I there's, so there's there's a lot of reasons why these people believe in the things that they do. Very few of them hold up to actual uh,
1: scientific scrutiny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, and and folks, if you're listening or watching and, and you happen to believe the Earth is flat, um, well,
1: I, now I see the the thing is. Okay, so I've got and I have to be careful with this because the moon keeps falling apart. Oh, that's a title for a short story. The there moon, the keeps, moon falling keeps falling apart. apart. Yeah, I might have there to go. do something with that. All right. So, so in my in my left hand, yes, and these are not have, to scale. Well, see, and that was what I was about to say. In my left hand, I have a globe of the Earth. Right. Yeah. In my right hand, I have a globe of the moon. Right. And if I were scientifically illiterate, mm-hmm. or if I had a room full of scientifically illiterate people, mm-hmm. I could sit there and say, well, because these two globes are the same size. The Earth and the Moon are the same size.
0: Which is about as much evidence as there is for flat Earth,
1: yes. Here you go. Here's, here's my evidence that I've got right. Earth yeah. and Moon are the same size, not mm-hmm. 32 miles. Sure. Here they are. Right. Now,
0: um, it's, it's very easy to mock uh, people who believe things like flat Earth theory. Um, or and, and because on some levels, it's a... Fairly ridiculous concept. I mean, we we understand gravity. We understand. We've been into space. We've taken pictures from the stu- from from orbit. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, no business is dumb enough to spend. You know, to pay for millions and millions of dollars to get hundreds of satellites into the, to orbit. When if the world was flat, you need three. I mean, it's just it doesn't. You know,
1: things don't work that way. Um, Elon Musk. You could make the joke that Elon Musk would do it no matter what just to do it well
0: just to do it yes and 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 there's a certain but but very few companies uh ever look at a significant chunk the the significant cost of getting something into orbit Mm. and and go yeah that's just slush money elon (laughs) musk is one of those people who's like but he also wants to go to mars he wants to build a planet on mars a, a city on mars and and you know there's um there's always somebody right but at the same time, it, again, this is this this is a tragedy. This is this is someone who who a he died for what he believed in. So that's a lot of people would view that as a good thing. But he also died for very bad reasons in the fact that he was attempting to prove a theory that the evidence for it is so small yeah. as to be statistically zero.
1: Well, and given that his theory has been disproven already for so many many ways, it's it's one of those things where you have to wonder about these folks who passionately buy into a notion that is categorically, provably false.
0: There have been a lot of people who have looked at Flat Earth, especially since there has been such an explosion of, of people believing this over the last you know 10-15 years Mm. uh and and they have a lot of different reasons some of them come at it from a religious angle some of them come at it from a um a complete contrarian angle everyone tells me it's a sphere clearly you know i think and and, and every shade in between of just you know um everything from a deeply held religious belief all the way up to you know i just i just don't believe anything i'm told
1: yeah, there's a there's a Native American word. And I don't know which language is in um, the haoki. He, Heoka? Heoki? the the contrarian, mm-hmm. and and from what I remember reading, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that I'm I'm perfectly in my recall here, but the the contrarian was usually looked at as if you're the crazy one. Because you don't want to do anything the way everybody else does it. You want to go, do, you know, is, if everybody's walking this direction, you'll be walking backwards in mm. this direction. Sure. You know, it's, it's that kind of mentality that they, that they sit there and they say, you're nuts. It's because you're contrary. Not because you believe something that's, clear, you know, categorically wrong, but it's you want to do something different. No matter what. No matter what, right. and and that that's the. So, the, but
0: the, 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 yeah. that, that's part of this, and that's certainly not all of it. Some people really, really believe they have they have for whatever reason become convinced that if you were to go for you know far enough in one direction, you'd fall off the planet. That gravity doesn't work the way that everyone agrees that it does. That. That uh, you know, um, the sun is a thirty-two mile across disc in the sky. That and it's ninety-two million miles away. And uh, there's all these different things. There are a lot of different reasons. So that's a whole. That's a whole. Well, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that there are studies being written about this. Uh, Any place where they're they're teaching psychology, uh, because it's you know it's a certain amount of of how do you when you ignore this much evidence to the contrary. Yeah. And still believe. I mean, now humans are really, really good at believing whatever we want. We we we're a ta- we have a talent for believing something, mm-hmm. and then believing it with a passion, and that's good
1: and bad. You know, i'm I'm going to I'm going to head us off at the pass at that point right there because you could make the same argument about gender, or politics, so, or religion, or, or all these things. But humans, although, although there's not there's not politics and religion I, I would categorize in a different thing uh, in, a, in a different box than science and biology because if you have I mean physics is physics biology that, is biology is... gravity is gravity is gravity no matter what I mean, and the flat earth thing falls into science sure. and science is you can either prove it or you can't and if you can't you either can't because it's impossible or or you disprove it or you can't get. Right, sure. And we have mounds of evidence that the earth is not flat. Yes. And there is yeah, and and biology says XX, XY. But there's, that's there's but, two. But, but
0: that's a that's a uh, yeah, in terms of but you're but in terms of gender and biology are not the same thing. If you're if that's what you're getting at. Um, because and and this is this is where you get into the hard sciences and soft sciences. Yeah, but I'm
1: not going to buy that gender is a social construct.
0: Well, I think that, it, uh, that's I, not. Uh, that's I, not. I, I think well, I think that's an oversimplification. But a often. lot of
1: people wanted, want wanted sure, to get there. but I
0: think that in terms of the folks who are looking who are the the folks who are looking at it from a, a you know studying the way that the mind works and how we perceive ourselves and how we view our own self images, where a lot of some of this stuff comes out of, and who our sense of identity is. Hmm. Saying, because um, we, we we're also super good at simplifying things. We are complicated conversations, while extremely important, mm-hmm. are not where we are right now in terms of I in just terms find of. It. Uh, putting I, information out in the world
1: yeah i just find it ironic that the science crowd that would laugh at the flat earth society are also the people who are willing to accept that there's like 42 pronouns and 12 genders and well whatever no else but the difference it. is that but that's that's also politically driven well too. but uh, uh,
0: but at the same time again humans science sciences is in many ways yes no mm-hmm. humans are not <laughs> We we are we are much more complicated than that, and we've talked about before that humans are not categorically this or that. People tend their people are complicated, and the way the mind works, and the way the way our own perception of who we are is not a yes no thing. And people who seem to think that it is, uh, clearly. Don't have a whole lot of self reflection either because they should know they know that they are not those things. They I, are not a simply. I sim-
1: self reflect all the time. Sure, I know there's male and female, and but that's,
0: that's it. Well, but for you, but that's you because we all exist in our own heads. Except this is sci- not the topic of the episode. No, not the topic
1: of the episode. <laughs> but we're getting into we're getting into the idea. The, you know, the discussion is bad science. Well, but bad even, science. But is, even even that, if you sit there and say there's 42 genders and I can switch my gender. That's bad science. Well, but, th- you, that, th- but again, it's not they're, scientifically based. They're
0: not. They're not. Um, uh, they're, again, we're talking. We're oversimplifying things. Well, and you made the point. It is psychological. A lot. Yeah, a lot of and, it. Because and, and how we perceive who we are. Who we are is what wo- almost one hundred percent inside from the inside out. Right. We we've as individuals are all inside our own private little universe, looking out into the big one, and but, that's how we perceive reality.
1: By by that logic. Tim Harvey can sit there and say, "I perceive myself as a chicken," and this society that we're in now and would I, yes. demand that we recognize Tim Harvey as a chicken. No, I think the vast
0: majority of people would go, "Have you laid an egg?" And I would sit there and go, uh, and they would say, "Okay, okay there's okay. some significant okay. evidence Be against you being a Be very careful there,
1: because if if Tim Harvey decides that he's a woman, I can look there and says, "Have you gotten pregnant?" It's uh, the same kind of thing. No, it's
0: not because there are millions and millions of women on the planet who have never gotten pregnant and have no desire to become pregnant. But become... biologically,
1: biologically, they are capable of getting pregnant. For the most part, that's sure, for the but, norm.
0: Sure, but this also becomes the argument that some people have made: is that people should only get married if they plan to procreate. Which is a extremely. That's a,
1: that's a social moral thing. Yeah, that's but not. It's, but it's also you're a man. But you're scientifically, a woman,
0: that's, specious, that, that's a specious argument. Because quite frankly, I've had one child. I have no intention of ever having another. If I get married again, it's not going to be to have a child. It's going to be because I want companionship.
1: Right. And that's not but see that's but not I mean, a, that's it, but, not a biological science thing. That's but, social but, society well, but, so morals but, and so things. But
0: so but in many ways is who our identity is on a on a sexual level is as well, because because you go from one country to another, from one culture to another, from different periods in time, how we view our own sexuality mm. and what that means has changed drastically throughout human history, depending on the culture, depending on the time, everything that we look at these things at various points through various ways. And there have been periods of time when the idea of there being simply a male and a female that's all there is um has there's been other ways of looking at that historically and now the same and quite frankly when it comes right down to it mm-hmm. as far as i'm concerned and again my own personal comp- opinion <laughs> i don't care it doesn't matter to me if some if someone is if someone is um you know a different you know, whatever whatever however they fall on on what they're currently referring mm-hmm. to is the gender spectrum I don't care. If I interact with them and I, and I find them to be an interesting person, I don't care who they I, I don't care how, how. As long as they are happy with themselves and comfortable with themselves mm. and they're not doing damage to me or somebody else, I am perfectly on board with calling them whatever they want to be called.
1: It doesn't bother where, me. Where I have a problem with it, and I know we're getting into it, we're getting into the weeds here. Mm. My, I, Way I into the weeds. I don't care that much either, except where you have a completely. Out there, group that is demanding that everybody else conform to whatever it is, you know, and and any group, whatever that is, you but, must. But again, that's that's you a, that's must a, accept. But that's a what hum- we what but, we want well, to do. But that's a very human nature
0: thing. We see that in politics yeah. and religion and all these different things. So we're very. Humanity is, has has got a long history of groups of various sizes, from very small to very large, saying, I demand that you believe what... I know, I know. And so, I, and I, and I and acknowledge that. F- for and, good and
1: for ill. And that and that goes in a lot of different uh, areas, different a areas. lot of different topics. However... Uh, is we not are, what we're talking about. Right,
0: we're, we're going to get off this now. and <laughs> back to what we're talking about. Because, because despite the fact... And again, it is a tragedy that a man died, doing what is objectively, and based on all... Uh, 99.9% of the comments I've seen online, an objectively dumb thing. Yeah. There's a lot of mockery going on here. And again, I would remind you that a man died. And while, and I've seen a lot of the, you know, winner of the Darwin Award. Oh, yeah. And just to, to a certain argument. Yeah. I mean, the Darwin, yeah. Darwin Awards exist to show an example of how not science. This is not the way you do it. And unfortunately, when someone dies in the quest of this
1: sort of thing, um, that is clearly, uh, uh, well... You would hope that they die in pursuit of knowledge that can actually be useful.
0: Right, because and ultimately the, the benefit of there being a flat earth is what, exactly? And, that's, yeah, there's, and, and you could argue that the benefit of the, the world being a sphere what's the benefit of that? And I'm like, well, for one thing, you have a larger universe out there as opposed to most flat, a lot of flat earth cosmologies involve there not really being much of an outside universe. Right. Um, now that's uh, uh, living inside a hollow earth. We've got the, there's the hollow earth theory, and this is actually where we're going to talk about a little more, is bad science in science fiction that created some amazing science fiction, and so a lot of that now, came out the of the lack earth of knowledge. Thing being different
1: from the Dyson sphere, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so the
0: so there's well, there's a couple different hollower theories. One is that the world, in fact, is hollow, and that we live on the outside of the sphere, and inside the Earth, there is a whole another world within the Earth. And there's a lot of different variations on that. But there's also the theory that we live inside a sphere, um, and the world is in fact not flat but as the invert it is an inverted globe and so the sun is in the center mm-hmm. and the moon revolves around the sun and then we're inside this thing and there is no outside that's all the universe there is and that what we perceive as the the outer universe is actually if you if you were to fly into the center of this you would never arrive because it becomes and then if you were to drill out you would actually drill back in it's because what you have to do, how you have to bend physics to make these these various <laughs> things work is yeah. fascinating because people have come up with equations that make it, that quote-unquote, make it work. Sure. Most scientists look at those equations and go, that's not how gravity bends space, <laughs> or that's not how light works, or, you know, um, but um, we've had a lot, there's been a lot of really interesting theories that people have had over time that have influenced science fiction, that have, mm. have driven some of the most uh, influential science fiction stories and novels that have actually been bad science. Um, and one of the great classics, of course, is that there were canals on Mars, and that was that was uh, that was you know the that observer looking through the technology of the time and seeing something that actually wasn't there. Yeah, um, but it influenced how we perceived. Mars
1: for decades. because if there were canals, somebody built them. Right. and that means there's Martians. and right. what does Martians look like? And, and you can in, and even after we
0: knew that those canals weren't there, that the idea of life on Mars, that there was someone living on Mars persisted. And you even had people like Ray Bradbury do the Martian Chronicles, mm-hmm. where long after the science had shown, long after we knew you could not a human being could not walk on the surface of Mars. Without you know dying if they didn't have a spacesuit on, um, he wrote. You know, and and of course, Bradbury wasn't writing hard science fiction no. with that. I mean, he was. Bradbury was as much a poet as he was, you know.
1: Uh, a it was his stuff would fall more into the speculative. Yeah, fiction yeah, and I, I think category. certainly he
0: also he he was also kind of creating um, stories about a world that might be versus you know the there there's quite a bit uh, uh scientifically wrong with the Martian Chronicles but no one cares when you read the Martian Chronicles right you, you know if you 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 dive into the worlds that 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 Bradbury built and that's why you enjoy those sort of things but you know we and we've had various points uh where you know we when we first were looking at the moon and you have science fiction, classic silent films like the the First Men in the Moon. Um, you know, they launch themselves in a, in a homemade rocket to the moon, and they get there, and they could just run around, and you know, and and of course H. G. Wells, uh, uh, you know, had had stories set on the moon, and there was an atmosphere and all these things because that was our experience with the and earth and Nazis. And, well, Nazis came later. Nazis this is came true. Came later,
1: but, yeah. They weren't HG Wells, but. But,
0: but Nazis were also in the Hollow Earth stories as well, right. because uh, you know there's the idea that there are these openings at the poles, and the Nazis did not help discourage this particular line of thought because <laughs> they had a they had at one point had a base in Antarctica. Um, and this just led to speculation that when the war ended, they escaped to the base, and, of course, then you tie into the flying saucer thing and all the different stuff, and it turns into this, Nazis with flying saucers at the center of the Earth! It's like, okay. And dinosaurs. And dinosaurs. Well, and Jules Verne, of course, Journey to the center of the Earth. Right. Um, and the Lost World. The Lost World. Yeah, yeah. there's all, all these different... Um, uh, Tarzan. The, the Tarzan stories take place in... Pellucidor? uh Oh my goodness! Uh, I got uh, hang on. I, I think it's called P- uh, Pellucidar, um, but it's uh, it's it's a Hollow Earth. It's one of the Hollow Earths, and there's a lot of different Hollow Earth stories. Yeah. P e um, l l u uh, c i d a r, Edgar Rice Burroughs' uh, uh, series uh, at the Earth's core, um, and then it ends with Tarzan at the Earth's core. And the idea, of course, being that there is this. The space inside the Earth, uh, where usually—not always—but usually there is a um, a miniature sun that's at the core of the Earth. Sure. And then there's this this world within. Um, now, repeated efforts to drill through the Earth's mantle and deep inside, um, we there there have been a few tests over time, and we currently um, all evidence seems to indicate that. Um, this would be a particularly bad place to live, Um bit magma-y, and perhaps a little bit, oh, God, oh, God, it burns. Uh, for the, like, millisecond it would take for you to die terribly. So There was a movie about that. Yeah. <laughs> there have been a couple... Of, the problem... Uh, so so, what was that called? Deep Core? Deep Core. Uh,
1: yeah, which was not good science either. But, you know, it had Hilary Swank in it. So well, and
0: it's... It's, uh, it, it's a balance. In many it, ways, it is an example of the same kind... Well, and it, it followed... It was it was kind of like... It, it followed Armageddon in terms of when it came out. Mm-hmm. And so it was basically, okay, we've gone into space to blow something up. Let's go deep into the earth to blow something up. Yep. Uh, yep. And, uh, you know, so not good science there either. But certainly it's, it's... You know, a lot of this stuff, at the time that it became part of the speculative fiction world or the science fiction world, we just didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, it was... And there were a lot of theories going around because until we landed on the moon, there were people there were people who legitimately were saying, "We're going to sink into the moon dust to the point where they're just going to the, the you know the lander's just going to go boom and get sucked in." And very few scientists were like who were believing this, but there were loud voices claiming. And until they got there, until the first things actually touched down, you're relying on. Your instrument readings and all the different things that that are... It's all
1: observational at that point. Right. You don't have any experience with it. Right. And so
0: there's this, you know... And and this leads to some of the people who are insisting that the moon landings weren't real. You know, they're like, well, the stars don't look right. It's like, well, okay. You know, the moon doesn't have an atmosphere, right? And that our atmosphere changes the way we perceive you know, yeah. things because the atmosphere because is... the bends light. And and so there's all these different things. But yeah, there's, you know, we... When the first moon lander, uh, you know, got there, it changed how we saw the moon. When the first Mars lander touched down, mm. you know, when the first satellite pictures came back from Mars, when we actually had evidence, um, you know, a lot of people were a little bit heartbroken <laughs> because Mars is... Kind of unpleasant, I mean it's not a place you want to hang out
1: well, and it and it it does resemble Utah quite a bit and and you look at you know movies like John Carter mm-hmm. which was shot in in Utah I was like um, yeah, it's kind of close yeah well <laughs> it's, it, and it's like that all over
0: yeah and and you see some of these folks who um there have been various attempts to simulate what a, a, a settlement on Mars might look like. And people have been, with varying degrees of scientific rigor, have been training to live on Mars. And there's right. there's been a few examples of, okay, guys, this is a great PR piece, but that's not how things work. Biodome. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, but the, in terms of the geography, in terms of the kinds of... of uh, interaction you're going to have with the the landscape, you can uh, experience some of that here. The difference, of course, is you look at uh, gravity, radiation exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mars does not have the kind of atmosphere that Earth has at all. Uh, it has a very, very, very thin atmosphere, the kind of thing that you don't breathe. Um, right. And consequently, uh, a lot of the uh, solar radiation... Uh, you know, background radiation that the universe has, um, most most of which is not actually good for humans. You mean like cosmic
1: rays? Like
0: cosmic rays that are not likely to turn you okay. into Mister Fantastic, uh, oh. the Invisible Woman, um, the uh, Human Torch, or the Thing. Um, what about gamma rays? The problem with gamma rays, and this is another thing, is that when radiation, when the atomic bomb, when we drop the atomic bomb. Mm. Um, and and the the knowledge of what you know the whole um, uh, nuclear research program and, and all everything that went on with researching the bomb, um, everyone sort of looked. Well, actually, it started it started earlier with uh, with Murray, uh, Marie Curie. Yeah. The idea that radiation, you know, the X ray and all these different things, uh, scientists looked at the potential that we could have there and went. There's so much here. <laughs> And in pop culture, because pop culture pop culture is much more at fault here than the scientists were, because the scientists would sit there and say things like, well, we think that maybe, perhaps, current observations state, and the pop culture would sit there and go, little green men, people on the moon, um, you know, uh, radiation will cure your dot, dot, dot. And, yeah. and there were a lot of people who got fairly... Rich before they were exposed as fraud selling radiation pills and all. People are still selling radiation. You mean radiation. they
1: don't work?
0: Uh, uh, folks, if, if you current, if you currently, Deuce, you say? You are currently uh, following anyone on any kind of social media or platform which tells you that if you take these pills, um, please see your doctor. Other, there are other uh, uh, sources of information that you may wish to track down. Uh, yes, unfortunately, what... Well, and, and comic books came along at an interesting time because, of course, the war had just happened. The atomic bomb had just happened. The, the, the promise of science mm-hmm. as a solution for things um, was really, really strong after the war. And, and science can solve a lot of problems. Um, it's not a 100% Solve all problems thing, but right. be you know certainly people sat
1: there with the promise of this and that and the other thing. Well, you had the the vaccine for polio, sure, um, uh, smallpox. Mm-hmm. What was the saved other, um... saved so many
0: lives, yeah. um, and and you come along with things like you know the atomic bomb, and this is and and people are like, well, what else can it do? And it births this concept of radiation as a beneficial way to to. Move to the next step of of humanity, you know, or sure, the Next it's power of, source, uh, yeah, and, and and consequently, it can make us more powerful as a person. So you get you get uh, the Hulk, you get uh, the Fantastic Four, you get the X Men, um, and yet and and a genetics geneticists will sit there and go, okay, let me explain about the dangers <laughs> of mutation, because mutation, well, uh, contrary to Patrick Stewart's narration,
1: and it's uh, <laughs> funny because in in the Eric Bana Hulk, mm-hmm. uh, the one directed by Ang Lee. Yep. You have uh, a certain point in that story where they sit there and they say, "You were exposed to all of this gamma radiation. You should be dead. Yeah. Why are you not dead? Mm-hmm. Why are you? Why you're? I mean, you're completely healthy. What's? Yeah. It shouldn't be. And they at least recognize." some scientific aspects of gamma radiation right and and
0: And, and, you know for as much as as much as it has become an
1: unpopular opinion there are parts of the Ang Lee hulk film i like just fine i i think that it's okay up until the point where they get into the dad well and and even that was spinning out of the
0: whole spinning out of what was going on in the comic to some degree yeah now, the modern version of the Hulk... Now, of course, the, the, um, the, current, the current Hulk comic has the Hulk very much as a... Um, uh, it's very much a horror comic. Sure. Uh, and and they're, they're exploring the fact that there's a lot more to what the Hulk is than, uh, you know... Being exposed to that much gamma radiation is not going to make you into the Hulk. What else happened to cause this? Right. What, what what did what did Banner really tap into? Uh, if and, it wasn't and, you know the gamma radiation might have been the trigger to to connect it right. with it, but that's he wasn't. And I
1: think it's interesting that they tied it into the Super Soldier Serum mm-hmm. because not not necessarily in the Ang Lee. I mean, there's there's some of that because Dad was working on a formula right. thing, but then you look at uh, at in in um the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Where they tie that in with which is very much, an, very much a,
0: a rollout of, of one of the things they were playing with the ultimate line, which of course, vastly influenced the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, there, where it was all tied to uh, connected the Super Soldier program, the rise of mutants, mm-hmm. um, uh, Bruce Banner's experiments were designed to recapture. Um, the research that was lost after the super soldier program was shut right. down. Um, the X-Men came out of the Weapon X program, which was designed to find another way to build super soldiers. Um, all this stuff connected, and it ran basically to back to the World War II experience. And there were very, very few natural mutants uh, who had not been uh, somehow created by things connected to these various programs. Um, and it's... It's a way, actually, for them to introduce mutants into the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, if they continue to go on those lines. But, you know, this whole idea of Children of the Atom was what they were, you know, they were called the Children of the Atom uh, in the comics, in early days of the comics. Um, So you'd have these various things where, you know... um, Now, Marvel Comics had a series called Ruins where... The characters, it was the Marvel characters, but what if they were exposed to, like, the real science? Where, basically, Bruce Banner was this gigantic pulsing mass of tumorous cells. That's what happens when you get exposed to that kind of gamma radiation as you turn to this thing that's just... You know, uh, and clearly, hopefully, hopefully no longer conscious. Um, the, The really fantastic Warren Ellis series, Planetary, if you, it's uh, it's quite a few years old, um, mm-hmm. but it's all it's all out there in the world in collected comics. Uh, it's a love letter to pulp fiction and comic books, and um, really, really fantastic. Um, and it has a whole sub about Science City Zero, which was a U.S. facility um, that was built post World War II, where scientists were given free reign to explore the powers of radiation. Mm. And ethics were not included um, in their behavior. (laughs) And so you had this, you know, it was that period of the Red Scare and and undesirables, and you'd have these people who would just be picked up by the government and dumped into this camp for experiments because it was for the greater good and all
1: these different, you know... Because that's what you always do. It's
0: for the greater good. And you look at this stuff and and, uh, one of the... a There's a the issue that really dives into it is told from the point of view of a woman who is implied to be Marilyn Monroe uh, in this in this reality um, who uh, she looks just like Marilyn Monroe yeah um, and she is the she is the half-life ghost of she's what's left of her consciousness uh, as the half-life of the radioactive isotope she was exposed to breaks down and so, She's here to give her story as her last days. It's in the last part of the issue. She just
1: disappears. So kind of like Astrid in uh, yeah, the 10th Doctor's encounter with the Titanic. Yeah. I mean, it's as fast... I'm still waiting for her to show up again,
0: by the way. Yeah. Well, it'd be a nice touch. But we're still waiting for Susan to come back, too. That's true. But, so, I mean, you end up with these really, really interesting ideas. Uh, of course, their take on the Incredible Hulk um, was that... Uh, well, it was kind of a nightmare. Uh, but the villains in the Planetary series are the Fantastic Four, or that universe's version of the Fantastic Four. Uh, because uh, if you if you think too hard about certain things, again, we've had the do not stare directly at the dot, dot, dot. Right. Um, but the Fantastic Four are sitting on a wealth of incredible technology that could make the world better, and they're hoarding it. They're not sharing. And... In this particular universe, that's exactly what the four do. They are referred to as the four. Uh, they are literally sitting on all this amazing technology, and they are hoarding it from humanity. Um, and because they say that you know they're on the greatest adventure, and not everybody can come. Sure, like you do. And uh, you know, and it's 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 a fascinating kind of exploration of some of these themes and and this bad science. Um, but be this again, the bad science has led to all this kind of you know, really cool speckage, because so
1: much of science fiction is what if, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and the flip side of that, too, is not just, you know, not just you get bad science, but some of the speculative stuff, like especially with Heinlein and geosecretous orbits and, mm-hmm. and satellites and communication and all those kind Clark, of stuff. Clark, yeah. Yeah. Um, they come up with concepts mm-hmm. that turn out to be right. rather scientifically sound. Sure, but, but you look at some of By those, accident, almost. Well, you
0: look at... I mean, Clark, of course, coming up with a geosynchronous satellite, you know, his background was in science. Right. So, I mean, he was coming from a place where, you know, he was he was able to put together the... Well, if A works, then B works, and C works, You can then, extrapolate yeah. and, and go you know, forward. And sure. Heinlein, Heinlein, so much of what he explored was... He explored a lot of human behavior among science fiction trappings. And you can disagree with some of his conclusions. Um, His latter books have some very interesting social dynamics, let's just say. (laughs) Um, uh, Interesting uh, family relationships that that are questionable in in the modern uh, way of viewing things. Give Uh, it time. Well, give everything. Well, it, it, some of that's very old, uh, as well as, you know, it, yeah, it'll give, it, give hu- it time. Humanity will circle back around, I imagine, yeah, to a number of things before, before so. we're gone. Um, but, uh, you know, it, coming up with things like, of course, Heinlein invented the waterbed in, in the course of his writings, mm-hmm. and he got sent the very first one. The first one that came off, you know, the very first one that was built was sent to him by the, by the manufacturer. And he thought it was great. Um, and I,
1: I don't I I can't I can't sleep on a waterbed. It just is just so weird. my friend when I was
0: in college, uh, my friend Terry, when my ex-wife and I had an apartment uh, just outside of the Kansas State University campus and our friend Terry was our roommate. Uh, it was a three-bedroom apartment, and so we used one of the bedrooms as a living area. Mm-hmm. And then the two, Laurel and I shared a, pl- a room, and, and Terry had her own. Terry had a waterbed. And, um, you know, one, one weekend she went out of town to, to hang out with her boyfriend, and, and we were like, you know, we've never slept in a waterbed. And she's like, Don't just, you, know, use, use my, you, you know, you guys can sleep in my room this weekend. And So we tried it. And... I think we the first night was weird, yeah. And the second night was fine, but I like more support. In, sure.
1: I don't. I don't. I don't want my bed moving. See, that's that's the that thing. Is... is it's it's enough. We have a we have a sleep number mm-hmm. bed, so there's enough already where the bed adjusts itself. Sure. Right. To yeah. where you are, and there's the pff, 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 you know all of that, and that's bad enough. <laughs> and depending on how my back feels, you know, I can I can adjust it for the zero G setting or the whatever. But you know, moving around on there, it it adjusts the air bladders in the in the mattress. Right now, yeah. and I'm thinking I couldn't. This is this is enough movement mm-hmm. for me. A waterbed, I could not. I don't think I could ever sleep on a waterbed.
0: I I I get I get the idea that sort of it, you know. The, the fact that it shifts the way that it does some people find that comforting it's almost like being rocked And right. I've slept in a hammock before so I understand that um, but after a while um, because I am not as light as a feather if I sit in a hammock for a while unless the wind is super strong once I've settled it doesn't move a lot it, it right. might drift back a little bit back and forth but it's not like you know swaying um, well, and, and getting out of those things can is, be fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but still, so I, I, I get, I get it, and I, and I can understand why some people find it very comfortable. But yeah, I frankly need, I, I need there to be a lot less moving of the bed while I am. I want to move around my bed. Yeah, I do not need my bed <laughs> to help <laughs> move me.
1: Move right, yeah, <laughs> that's
0: right. But I mean, still, nonetheless, you know, it's, it's it was a concept that Heinlein came up with, and people sat there and went, "This is a thing that should happen." and clearly it's a successful model for a sleeping arrangement.
1: Well, and there's a number of pieces of technology, oh, sure. science or or gear or whatever that people looked at and, you know throughout history, you know, of of yeah, exactly cell phones. Cell phones, computers, you know, per, uh, personal computers. Um, well, and the, the concept of the laser well, a lot of this came out of Star Trek. I mean, you know, yeah. they're working on holograms. I mean, a lot of it's older than that. Sure, but, but I mean... you know, you you look at, um, no, I, I don't have any right in front of me. The you know, the floppy disk. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's almost exactly the same as the data cartridge from sure. Star Trek. And, and you have a personal computer that sits on the desk and it's like, oh, that should be a thing. Right, yeah. Video communication, video conferencing. Well, I think you,
0: know, you end up, you end up with things like Star Trek and some of the other science fiction TV shows and movies. Of course, Star Trek, was, Star Trek was one of the major influencers, but there were other stuff out there as well where the people telling the story had to find a way to make it, make the thing that they wanted to do work in the hands of the actor. Right. And so you had to come up with a thing that looked like, okay... Here's a book, but it's a computer, and so I can read my book on the computer. And suddenly, you've got a Kindle, yeah, and or you've got the you've got the cell phone, or you've got the personal computer. All these different things, um, and that's one of the ways that you know we were looking. And and when they were building the first supercomputers, these building size down to room size down to you know, people were getting okay surely they'll get smaller over time. Surely the vacuum tubes will become more efficient. Yes. And
1: shockingly... There there was a photograph I saw, and I don't remember where I saw it. It was a black and white photograph. It it cropped up on social media at some point, where there was a a computer being moved. And it took, I think, half a dozen, ten people to mm. move it. And it was on it was on a it was on a cart because they were moving it out of the building to a, sure, like right, a train yeah. a train car or something. And it was this massive block of machinery, and it was it was probably oh it was probably the size of a of a, a like a dining hutch mm-hmm. like you'd see in your in your in your sure. grandmother's dining room. It's a big piece of furniture, right? Right. Yeah. And they're moving this thing and it was a thousand megabytes or something. I mean it was just like teeny tiny memory yeah. compared to what we do now. I mean there's more computing power in these smartphones than what we use to get to the moon. Sure. By by a significant factor. And we use it for cats.
0: <laughs> no, the cat and, the and cats have trained us to use this for their benefit
1: it just it just boggles, the secret it boggles rulers of my the earth. mind it boggles my mind because now you don't have bad science in society I mean you do have bad science in society sure. don't get me wrong but you have people applying science badly <laughs> Cats and deep fakes and memes Ugh. and entertaining. Entertaining.
0: Why? <sighs> how? Some of these things can in fact be. Nonetheless, they are. Well, you know. I mean, we. Some of it we've been programmed by by our own entertainment. So, um, we have come to accept in our big budget action movies and science fiction films some truly bad science. Mm. Um, of course, one of the great examples that everyone was out there and went, but no, really, this is wrong, um, was the refrigerator scene from Indiana Jones 4. Sure. Uh, Because everyone knows that if you are, (laughs) you know, thrown by a nuclear explosion
1: in a refrigerator... But it was a lead-lined refrigerator. And land your jello. It was a lead-lined refrigerator.
0: Your jello. It
1: was a heavy-duty lead line. Well, but
0: tracker. we also accept things like Superman catching Lois Lane um, out of the sky, when, in fact, based on actual physics, Lois Lane is going splat on Superman's indestructible skin Although, okay, at any kind now, of velocity. I
1: have, I have a way you can explain that, because have you ever done an egg toss?
0: Okay, but human beings. No, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Have you done an egg toss? I've
0: done an egg toss. Okay, yes.
1: so the trick to catching an egg during an egg toss is that when you catch it, you don't stop. You you don't just let the egg hit your hands. You you okay. fold and and go There's, with it. There is a right? certain
0: amount of logic to that. The problem is, it's a soft landing. The problem is, is that the last son of Krypton is not a soft surface.
1: No, but he's (laughs) catching and he can, you know... And that's not what we see in the movies.
0: What we see is and it's not just Superman, it's Iron Man or whoever else is flying by, swoops up and grabs the person falling from the sky
1: despite the fact, or, what was it, was it Iron Man? Iron Man 2 with the, with the plane?
0: Yeah, where yeah. it catches people by their arms, and it's like, well, there's an arm socket ripped out of <laughs> yep. joint, or yep. perhaps the arm ripped off the person, because that's not how gravity <laughs> and physics work. But we accept it's these superhero things. physics. Oh, I know, but we accept superhero physics in a way that we... That that does not. I mean,
1: you're arguing about Superman battling physics and catching Lois Lane, and completely ignoring the fact that Superman is an alien. From, well, from, from another
0: planet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because I mean... because we that we a we have no evidence that aliens don't exist. We have evidence.
1: Any evidence that they do exist? That's either. true. Uh,
0: but we don't have any evidence that they don't exist. So it's
1: possible. It, while it is
0: highly <laughs> unlikely that any alien would look like a human because they grew up on a planet which would have different conditions, unless
1: you buy into the uh, the the parallel evolution. And, and that's possible. And, and that's a possibility and the preservers. but and- there's but
0: there's no evidence that says it couldn't happen. True. So it's possible. Um, uh, there's no known physical way that we can conceive of how growing up under a red sun, would mean that you would be supercharged under a yellow sun, because that's not how biology, as we understand it, works. Sure. There's a lot of ways. If you t- if you really wanted to sit there and go, yes, yeah, Superman could work on a scientific level. Sure. You can twist yourself into that knot, yeah, but... Uh,
1: yeah, it's Kryptonian physics. Right. I, sure. There
0: you go. Hey, John Byrne sat there and went, okay, the reason that Superman's clothes never get torn, and his cape does is because he has a super, super, super close force field, essentially, around him. His aura. That actually, it also protects him from harm, as well as, you know, protecting his clothing. And it's like, well, that's a nice hand-wavium way to explain it. Yeah, because
1: at the very beginning, in the the miniseries that relaunched Mm -hmm. in, what, 86, where... um, Martha Kent basically says, I've always noticed when the clothes were right next to your skin, right? Yeah, nothing ever happened to them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there and there it was, and now it's in story, it's canon. Anytime he's wearing something that's tight, it's there's nothing going to happen to it, right? Of course, then doomsday came and well, yeah, messed that up,
0: but but you also look at things like, you know, they're. There were literally people. There were scientists who had to explain to people after Jurassic Park that you could not, in fact, get dinosaur DNA from mosquitoes and amber, because that's not but, how. But that's not. How, first of all, there's a there's a there's a a, a a bit of an age difference between how amber forms and mosquitoes and when dinosaurs are around. But also, but. Uh, but also, <laughs> even if you got the blood from... How do you separate the dinosaur blood out from the other blood in the mosquito? And then, yeah. even then, you sit there and go, we got the dinosaur DNA, and we're going to bring it back with frogs. No, you're not.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> not how it works. Especially when we consider now that everybody's talking about how dinosaurs are birds. Well, and you sit there and go... It even
0: doesn't work anymore. They didn't die out. They just changed over time, because you know the, the, what's the ones that survived the asteroid hit were the smaller ones, and blah, 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 it's how this stuff works, right? But at the same time, yeah, it's like... Now, the cool thing is, is that, again, we come back to our perception of things in history, how dinosaurs first appeared, and how we perceive them the more information that we get. Because mm. you look at the first representation of dinosaurs, and you're like, okay, that's a very large blocky thing. Because they didn't, you know, and then, of course, you have the, the modern perception where we, we basically take a skeleton and we shrink wrap skin around it. All of the dinosaurs look kind of, you know, um, and there's this push right now in, in uh, the field of, of folks, you know, how dino, exploring how dinosaurs might have looked. Because right. we occasionally, and it's super rare, so this is why it's been a, 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 a relatively recent thing. To get a skin impression or a feather impression, for now that we come to, re- to realize that dinosaurs, some dinosaurs may have been feathered, um, is that because uh, that stuff just very rarely you get something like that that's preserved in a fossil. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea that our dinosaurs may have been these super sleek reptile things that looked like, like a, a, well, what we perceive as the general idea of a reptile, even that is a bit of guesswork sure um and then you sit there and go but wait if they were if birds are are the natural descendants of the dinosaurs some birds are kind of tight, and and, and some birds are bulkier and have a different shape so dinosaurs could be a that uh, well until we see one sure. walking yeah. around doing dinosaur things um which is uh, short on the list of things because you can't do it with frog DNA, folks. I'm sorry. I'm I mean, so so sorry. Serious yeah. serious scientists well, had to have discussions with people going, "Yes, it's very cool, and we loved that movie too, but that's not how you science."
1: Well, and and the other thing too is the the idea of when dinosaurs roamed the planet, as opposed to how old the planet is, and you know you get into some of the. Some of the arguments back and forth on that part, you know, in terms of, you know, creation says this. How do how do we interpret the creation story for those of you who believe that, and where dinosaurs fit into the creation you know, story? You know,
0: but a, a lot of and and, and see, certainly people have explored that in in science fiction as well. In terms, well, there's of... a
1: couple of places in Scripture where they talk about Leviathan, and sure. there are people who think that maybe. Leviathan possibly refers to like a plesiosaur or some waterbound mm-hmm. uh, and dinosaur some folks some folks have, some folks have, have thing, looked at
0: that so. as you know certainly um, you know because a lot of folks in that part of the world would not necessarily have experience with whales with lar- certainly the largest mammals sure. on the planet during you know uh, most a lot of people would agree would be the the Lifetime of humanity. Um, uh, it'd be too cool to sit there and expect it was like you know a giant squid because we don't get to see those enough as it is, and we have a lot better technology. Um, I think a lot. I think you know you can certainly you can. There's certainly room in in the concept of the days days as ages theory that that some people who view that uh, as um, you know the creation story as, as being the particular. You know, an, an an accurate representation. Finding those the days being not human twenty four hour days, but right. God days, um, and the, so there's room to put that. There's room to put a lot of things in that time period. Yeah, the uh, problem with
1: that that theory though is that Scripture sits there and and actually says the day and night. That was the first day. So well, the, but again, the interpretation is there's a day and a night, and there's a twenty four hour period. Sure, but again, human human days versus God
0: days. So I mean, whose whose day are we talking about? Because humans weren't around during those days. Yeah, but the
1: Bible wasn't written for God. No. So you but, would uh, expect that it would be written in terms for mankind to wrap their but, heads around. But you're also you're going. also
0: making an assumption that mankind is good at wrapping their heads around things, which I think is debatable.
1: You know, there's bad science in
0: Star Trek. There's a lot of the transporter. Yeah the trans the transporter is how to kill your character and build them build them out of things later, um, yeah. which is.
1: Um, not They actually explore that concept in Spock Must Die. Mm-hmm. That's how they that's how they open the story is McCoy is having a, a, a moral quandary. He's sitting there saying um uh Am I still me? Right yeah from the first time I stepped into the transporter. Am I me or am I a copy of me? Did did me get killed the first time I got turned into Adam smashed energy, mm-hmm. and that you know then there's that whole discussion of the soul and Scotty's right, yeah. you know Scotty sitting there just laughing his head off because he's like what a dumb thing what, what yeah, of course you're you and um and but Scotty's also a scientist he's, he's an, an engineer a he's a he looks at it purely and, practical. And, you know, Kirk walks in on this. He's like, "What are what? Ha, what?" And McCoy tells him what it is, and and Scotty's like, "You know, a difference that makes no difference is no difference. You're still you. It's you." And Kirk says, "The fact that you're able to actually sit there and wonder about it would seem to indicate that you still have your soul. You still have your self awareness and your your sense of self." Mm-hmm. And McCoy's like, "Ah, okay, I guess maybe, but." Yeah, you're you're stepping into a chamber that disintegrates you, yep. essentially.
0: Yeah, it reduces you to a series of zeros and ones, and 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 some of the fun. Some people have sat there and had some fun playing with what kind of supercomputer you would have to have to store. Oh yeah, the data that is a human. Consciousness.
1: Well, that's where you get duotronics.
0: Let alone the concept of you know uh, storing uh, the various individual you know atoms that make up who you are as a digital form, but just the, con- the the way that your brain works and how putting your brain back together and having it be a functioning thing that that had the same patterns um, is a terrifyingly complicated thing. Um, the I have I have a short script that I have never been able to get to work quite the way I wanted it to, which is uh, a confession scene where we have a... Um,
1: I think you've told me about yeah, this Yeah,
0: where, oh. where a, a military officer is, is in confession with his priest and discussing the fact that he's part of an Air Force experiment to, uh, for teleportation, and he discovers that, that the process does destroy the soul, uh, and something finds a way to fill the void when they come back through. So... Um, I never could quite get. There's some. There's. There's some structure. There's some. The problems with the story that I've not been able to get to, to cooperate, and I haven't given up because I think it's such a cool idea. Because it's. It's a two-person. It's a two-person film, and, well, a, and if you, you do it turn, right, it's.
1: it's... You can turn it into a horror film.
0: Oh, easily. Well, easily. But I wanted it to. I want it to be the kind of horror film where you literally just have two people talking, hmm. and you don't have to see. You don't have to see anything else. It's just. Is right. the. The horror comes through the telling of the story because. Um, you it can be done and it should be done. Uh, it's it's
1: almost like a Twilight Zone episode. To some degree. Yeah. 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 So
0: I kind of I, I really I really want to get that to work out. Um but there have been other great uh great quote unquote uh, we've had uh we've had films about the world flooding. Uh Waterworld of course is the great example uh for for um it's not a good example for anything. No. Um, aside from the fact that a, a significant chunk of the planet gets flooded in a way that physically is impossible, um, I think the, the the most recent estimate is you can maybe get like 200 more feet of water, which would hurt the coastlines, mm-hmm. but not much more. So you wouldn't get like, there's like one mountain with it sticking up at the end of Waterworld where it's like, and here is the last let. La-. No, that's not how... We would need some more water, and we don't have it.
1: Although there is <sighs> geological evidence, if you go down through the fossil layers, that there was at one point a catastrophic flood event.
0: Or you can argue that there is evidence that the Earth has had multiple catastrophic flood events, but not the same one. But it's all in that one layer. That's We could argue that, because I would say that that's not true. Um, but again, I mean, some of that you know, some of it comes from this, the, the point where you're standing, yeah. from a religious point of view or not um, but certainly you still wouldn't end up with, based, based on the volume of water we currently have if, if the ice caps were to melt um, it would not be fun, it would not be pleasant if you live on a coastline you'd have some real issue, and considering that a significant chunk of humanity lives on coastlines we like the water and it's not just the U.S. I'm talking about a lot of other countries that are a lot have a lot smaller footprint. Right. We have a lot more interior geography than a lot of countries do. You can go over into Europe, uh, where there's like, oh, wait, our country is only, you know, the size of Florida, and it's yeah. three quarters coastline. You might have some real issues, but other than that, it would it would not be cool. But it would be, you know, you wouldn't get like, you know. Uh, these things where you'd end up with, like, a whole water world. We talk about... We, you and I talked about this before the show started. Uh, science, we have a tendency to simplify things in movies and TV, where if you go to a planet in Star Wars or Star Trek or something, like that, other a lot of other TV shows and movies, it's a one-thing planet. Right. It has one race that lives on it that, that all looks
1: the same. Yeah. Um, you know, it's got... Although, in some of the books, you'll get... Multiple. Oh sure. You know they you didn't. They didn't explore that very much in the movies, but in the books you you do see multiple indigenous. Well, species Well, and in of there.
0: course, part of that comes down from the economy of time, where you've only got yeah. you you've got five minutes on the planet, so you have to show this is an industrial world. Now the now Dune, the Dune series, for all of that is great. It's really bad at this. Or it's really bad for this because they actually have in the Dune universe. Now, admittedly, it's so far in the future that we're basically, you know, building planets for what we want, or, you, or you're confining. You know, there's been a stratification of, of culture where you would sit there and go, sure. "Ix is the technological world. These are the science. These are the science people." Um, and they, you know, and the Ixians in the in the novels are science without. Uh, Science without restriction. There's no, there's no, uh, no one's hemming them in, uh, morally or ethically, Uh, and that has consequences in the stories. Sure, like it does. Uh, You look at uh, uh, the Baron Harkonnen. You know, his world is an industrial. It's basically an an, an oil refinery. That's Mm. if you saw the the David Lynch version. They leaned very heavily into that kind of aesthetic, but that's also a large part of how it's described in the book. Uh, Caladan, where the The atreides are is very much your garden ocean planet. It's all very lush and beautiful, and then there's arrakis, which is desert world with you know and we tend to get those you now Star Wars does a whole lot of that as well. You've get the you know forests of Endor, which is it's a forest planet it's it's all one forest um you know you've got Corsican, which is you know seed of power, it's all you know. It's New York taken to an extreme. Sure,
1: it's New York all over the planet. Right.
0: Um, and so, you know,
1: and some of that comes but down... But in that, in that in that case, though, Coruscant is man-made. Sure. Everything all the way around. Right. As opposed to Tatooine all being a desert. Because, now, some of that you could probably look at a little bit sideways with the science, and say, okay... Position of the planet relative to the star and that and atmosphere and whatever. Okay, fine. Tatooine's a desert planet. Um,
0: But it also raises the question in a universe that is as teeming with life as the Star Wars universe, why the hell would you want to live on Tatooine? (laughs) What pos and and the thing is that there may be a very, very good reason. There may be a real, there, there may be resources on Tatooine that don't exist anywhere else, but a significant portion of Tatooine's economy revolves around whatever those resources are or or that you know there's a lot of reasons that you don't get in science fiction films and television because you only have an hour and a half yeah you know 60 minutes 45 minutes whatever it is um, so it becomes a kind of shorthand but it's still bad science because <laughs> if if you go to the if these worlds exist and they're capable of having people like us on them um, again, when going to an alien planet, do not take off your helmet. <laughs> you don't know! No, that's true. You don't. You don't. <laughs> and uh, there's, you know, it's, it's, if, if the alien films have taught us nothing, oh, yeah. it's keep helmet on. Although. I mean, guess jo- John Hurt is the
1: exception that proves the rule. He kept his helmet on. Yeah, but everybody and else sits just...
0: there goes, no, no, no restrictions. Oh, yeah. Quarantines, no kidding. Um, the um, but we accept a lot of things. You know, you you cannot make a sharp right turn in space. I don't. In the I, I cannot. You, you do. You do. X wings don't. <laughs> that's not how it works. Um, but that's not what Lucas was doing. He was doing dogfights in space. Yeah. He, and and there's a, we you know, laser beams in space aren't real either. You don't see them. You don't see lasers. The only reason we see lasers on Earth, we see the beam, is because we put smoke in the room. Yeah. Um, in real, real space battles, which thankfully we don't... We have, we, we, we don't have yet. We haven't had a whole lot of yet. Give it time. Humanity Humanity sees an, a
1: niche to fill. Yeah, we, we, will, they, we fill yeah, it. Yeah, humanity uh, finds a way. Yeah.
0: And exactly the same tone <laughs>
1: that should be said as he Just did. Just because we can, can do, do something thing. doesn't mean we should do it. Yeah, like, you know, um, somebody will.
0: But at the same time, if you were to if you were to see if you were to not see the laser beam firing or the phaser beam firing or the whatever it was, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be as dramatic. It wouldn't be as be as yeah. cool. Um, and I think. I want to say there have been some science fiction I can't think of what it was but there's been at least a couple of different science fiction shows or films where they have actually attempted to make it look like you'd see the flash of the weapon uh-huh and then you'd see somebody hit but there wasn't anything in the middle
1: well in some of the old serials like flash Gordon or buck yeah. rogers or anything like that you know your ray gun would have the little sparky sparky at the end yeah right and they don't have any way of making the, Well, they would the scratch, the scratch the film scratch the film. Um, hardware Wars did that. I know, but hardware wars <laughs> is a special thing. Um,
0: yeah, it's, it's, I mean there's there's all kinds of great uh, science fiction um, things that we're all used to that are just not scientific and and to some degree we don't go we don't go to a science fiction film for.
1: Um, the hard science.
0: No, I mean, there's there's a place for it, certainly, and and um, we're definitely applauding some of the the better science fiction films that are hard science. Two thousand and one, mm-hmm. um, Arrival, uh, looked at that experience, you know, an the, the alien contact in a way that that we hadn't seen in a while because it was trying to explore things more from a psychological standpoint, but also from you know a very serious kind of. Um, you know, it was very much a scientific viewpoint. Yeah. Uh, annihilation, I think, to some degree. Uh, although there's some some initial initial setup problems to that particular uh, film, where they sort of condense the events of the book. Uh, we because you get a lot of backstory in in the novel in the three novel series that it's based on that um, explains that. No, no, there was a whole lot of us poking at the thing, the weird thing, before we sent people into the weird thing. Here it just seems like. Quick! Send humans into the into this terrifying
1: nightmare thing. David Weber's Honor Harrington series, mm-hmm. I think, is probably one of the the better mm. s- series of books that actually recognizes science mm-hmm. and how things work in space, and just how long it would take you to get from point A to point B to point C. Sure, without The Stargate, or the Wachowski sail, or you know, Lightspeed, or whatever else. Right. Yeah. Um, Now, he's got an interesting workaround, technology-wise, because there's the the, there's a portal that Mm -hmm. they can use to get from one spot to the next spot. And basically, what it is is they discovered not necessarily stable wormholes, but these spots in space where the fabric of space-time is thinner Mm -hmm. and there's a connection between one... It almost is a wormhole. But they figured out the technology on how how to exploit those spots. But they're only in certain spots. It's not... You can go from here to here to here to here to here to here and just bounce anywhere. You've got to go from this portal to this portal right, yeah. and then go over here. And it does take you four months and it does take 30 days to get here and 12 days to get here and 16 months over here. So, you know, it's it. especially when you're looking at a ship that's damaged beyond repair mm-hmm. and they're all sitting there going, Welp, it'll be another 70 years before we get home. Unless something else happens. And, right. you know, it's that kind of thing. Um, and I, I like I like the fact that he's got that Niven, science in there.
0: Niven yeah. and Pornell did the same thing with their Moat God's Eye series. Mm. Um, where travel distance was limited by... Uh, uh, basically, points that you could jump from one to another that were very... Pres- you know, proscribed. This is, these are the points. But they also... the One of the, the issues that they dealt with was... Um, dealing with the biology of population control uh, because, spoiler alert for the books I guess, um, the alien race um, does not have the mindset um, that where any kind of of, they breed indiscriminately um, and um, don't have don't have the history. Well, they have. They, have, they have a, uh, depending on their, depending on their uh, place in their own species cycle. They both breed indiscriminately, and or are extremely warlike. And the fact that they have actually evolved to the point where they are a spacefaring species is viewed as something of a miracle because they at various points in their own history, they should have wiped themselves out. And have managed to just barely not, and yet the concept is: is what if they had more space? Oh. What if they had more worlds to be on?
1: Sure, if they had what, more resources. What, what
0: would happen? And yeah. this becomes a this becomes a real fear for some of the characters because there are the there are real benefits to to this species has a lot to, a lot to offer. But no and the, on the flip side, they're also terrifying because of what they what their unconstrained. Uh, um, their, ten, their, their, again, their species cycles in certain ways in terms of how, how it evolves from uh, their, their various points of their life cycle. And along those ways, there's... They're awesome! And, oh God, run! You know? um, so, I mean, it's, it's a fascinating exploration over a couple of novels because the first, the first novel deals with the situation and the second novel deals with, okay, now that you've contained the threat, have you? Have you really? Are you sure? <laughs> because what happens if it gets out? Yeah. And what happens What happens when you realize, you know, you have to, from a political standpoint, what do you have to do when you don't want to commit genocide? Sure. Because it's not, you know, this is, this is just the way their species is built. You can't, you know, you, you would simply be murdering individuals because you are afraid of them. And generally speaking, this has not worked out well for humanity when we go that route.
1: There is also um, the accidental death Mm. of the alien, because we don't understand the alien. Sure. Not that we're going to wipe them out, genocide, you know, we do it on purpose. Right. But, you know, you go back even as far as as H.G. Wells with the War of the Worlds. Sure. You know, when the Martians invaded... We didn't stop them. But even then... Coronavirus did. Even that's and...
0: bad science. Because the... the from, from... You know, while we do not know from, for certain, because we, again, have not we've, not... we've not had any aliens we could test and prod as far as the government's telling us. Yes. Um, if it evolved on another planet, odds are really tiny that anything on Earth biologically is going to damage it because they wouldn't talk to each other. It's kind of like it's kind of like uh, um, Independence Day, where you know, sorry folks, I own a Mac, but if I hook it up to alien technology, <laughs> it's going to do the same thing that happens when I try and get it to talk to my PC laptop. Yeah, it's going to sit there and go.
1: And what do you want me to do here? I think though, if you accept, you have you have to accept that, on a certain level carbon-based life forms may have a certain set of similar vulnerabilities maybe uh,
0: you to a point maybe. that works the problem with that is that if you look at and this is one of the things that people have talked about in terms of if we develop time travel say and if we <laughs> were to send someone back in time say 400 years, right? Right. Um, Back to the days of Magellan. Yeah. The odds of them going back in time and getting really sick and dying are really high. And there would be very little we could do about that because there are all kinds of strains of various things Mm. that humanity has worked through their systems that are no longer damaging to us
1: or have died out for whatever reason. You know what you could do with that? The time traveler goes back and is the cause of the Red death the black plague
0: it could very easily be the case too because the thing is is that they would not be because everybody
1: the immunities are going to be different well, from, you, from now you know,
0: to then you see that you saw this with with uh, you know people clearing out the Native American populations by giving them blankets full of smallpox it's biological warfare but it's if you were to travel back in time or travel forward in time um, you would be carrying things with you that, with no ill intent, yeah, you could actually be a real damage. Be- and we don't, you don't think about this stuff in terms. A lot of, in fact, a lot of writers don't deal with it because it becomes a, it could become a stumbling block to telling your story. I've gone back in time and I've wiped out humanity. That because actually
1: would be an interesting horror story. It because certainly would be. You, it, you're in, you're invoking time travel, but you're also landing at a point in time in history and and you could also dish up a certain amount of irony too because maybe maybe it's maybe it's a team Mm -hmm. and we're faced with an issue uh like the coronavirus getting out of hand okay we now have this time travel technology well this new disease resembles what we know about this really old disease so let's go back and let's find it well turns out what we find back here is actually the one we brought with us, yeah, and it creates this new thing, right? Oh, well, that's I mean, a, that... and you see, you, I mean, you can,
0: for an example, for for that we've seen is um, tomb sickness, mm. right? So people who have, who've uh, excavated old tombs, right. uh, there's pollens and there's various things in there and and uh, stuff that's trapped inside the tomb that when, when it's exposed to modern um, immune systems, they don't have anything to defend against. Yeah, And sometimes it can be as simple as just making you sick, you know, you're basically giving you a cold, and there's some indications that, that some of the folks who were part of the the uh, uh, infamous Tutankhamun curse, which is not anywhere near as bad as they would like you to think of if you happen to have read something like, and everyone died! Yeah, a couple of them like 30 years later, that's not a curse <laughs> if it kills you off in 30 years, and you know, um, but uh, some of that stuff, you know, it simply may have come out of the fact that they were exposed to things that simply, you know, weren't... You know, had
1: not seen the light if of you, day. If you inhale
0: a spore that, you know, your body does not know how to deal with, you know, the the immune system is an amazing thing, but... I and mean, it works. Well, and when it has, you know, you're... You, there's a reason they make you sick when you're a kid so you don't die terribly later. Yeah. Because your body can adapt, you know, getting measles when you're... You know, nine versus getting measles when you're 50 You know, could, can literally be the difference between life and death. Um, Hopefully I won't get the measles when I turn 50. That would be... Yes, yeah, so it's, it's best to avoid them. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's, it's a... There's all kinds of great things in science. And science fiction has, has played with them fast and loose. Um, in good ways. Overall, I think, you know... For the most part. And even the bad science in science fiction... I mean, come on, Tarzan at the Earth's core? How can you go wrong with Tarzan at the Earth's <laughs> core? You know, um, uh, the canals on Mars. How can you go wrong with, uh, you know, uh,
1: Ray Bradbury telling you these amazing stories of a Mars that could never be? Or 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 all of the different planets that resemble a rock quarry in Cardiff.
0: Well, you know, uh, one of the best things about the... How far are you in the Picard series? Have you been to the scene where he's gone, where he's gone to a certain location, Vasquez
1: Rocks? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's sitting there. Go, it's
0: like, no, seriously, this entire scene is set there on purpose. Right. You know they sat there and went, "Oh, come on." Well, sure. Let's shoot it there. Sure. Because it's perfect. It's like, all right, that's that's a. Be- I thought that was a beautiful tip of the hat to not only uh, the original series but also to a grand tradition in science fiction of filming that very. Distinct location. Well,
1: they they shot uh they shot there for a number of things. I mean, they shot Star Trek V there. Sure, sure. They shot Bill and Ted's bogus journey there. Yeah. The but, second I mean,
0: one, but this right? is like such a clear you know Yeah. We
1: in that same spot. Yeah, so well,
0: so well. I thought that was such uh, a nice touch.
1: Shortleave they shot Shortleave there too. Yeah. The the stuff with Finnegan. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was a beautiful, very I, much I w- a. Um, I would like to go shoot some stuff at Vasquez oh, be Rocks. Fantastic, wouldn't that? Oh yeah. So okay, so when we go to California mm-hmm. for a con, sure. Then, depending on how far it is to drive, we will make a trip, and oh, we will make a fantastic. point of going to Vasquez Rocks to shoot some promos. I think that would be for great for our show. Now, see, it would make sense. It would make sense that we would get Meg. And shoot tri- the Triple Bites promos out of Vasquez Rocks Oh, I think that would be you, great. you yeah. have to do that, right? sure. Because no, it's I, the Star Trek show.
0: I don't think I, I don't think you could you could avoid that. I think I think you'd be required by law.
1: I'm pretty sure there I, is a I law. Would th- I would think so. Yes. Yeah. Now would we would we have to be in costume? Uh, it would be nice. We'll we'll get to work on that. <laughs> and and if you would like to support us in that venture. Here. There are ways that um, that you can do that. One of those is the PayPal tip jar. Mm-hmm. And the other is the Subscribestar account, which we can put on the screen here in a minute. What? I lived about 10 minutes from there. <laughs> Our engineer is clearly not paying attention to anything that's going on. Uh, on the contrary, she well, was paying attention to Vasquez Rocks and realizing that she... Exactly I you know where it is, and I know how to get there. Okay, so... Here we go. That, then we can make Vasquez Rocks happen. So, okay. okay. If, um, and, if we get out there... And in order to make that happen, if you would like to help us, as I was saying, there is the t- the, the PayPal tip jar, and there is also the account at com and in the meantime too if you would like to buy stuff and save some money we have a discount negotiated over at superhero stuff.com use the promo code sci-fi for me 10 and you get 10% off and every little bit helps sure, sure. Uh, and you know and and the, you know there's, there's certainly no obligation to do any of that i mean no. even if it's just so much as sharing the link to our channel sharing the link to our video all of that uh, helps as well. We are that close to 1300 subscribers. I think we're we're bouncing between 1290 and 1291 over the last few days. Yeah. So, we're getting close um, and we're almost to I want to say we're almost to 3000 on Twitter. So, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there some of it is a numbers game some of it is an algorithm game the algorithm is basically if you if you give us a thumbs up or you do the share or you leave a comment or anything like that the interaction i think actually helps the algorithm more than us having a certain Mm. number of subscribers so sure it's all just kind of hit or miss at this point i don't know We just we just do it and (laughs) see what happens so um Anyway, uh, we, we do invite you to connect with us on all the social media because we'll have some announcements this week. We've got some activity coming up um, on, on, on this weekend. We will be broadcasting live uh, from C2E2, the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, this will be our second year, and hopefully the technology will cooperate with us this year, <laughs> more than it did last year. Yes, be good. Um, uh, yes, and hopefully hopefully, Mindy won't get sick this week, um, and it won't be just me going. But yeah, we'll we'll be at C2E2 this weekend, and that will kick off our convention circuit tour this year and yeah, we're very much looking forward to that so uh so tune in over the weekend in the meantime make sure you're subscribed to the channel make sure the notifications are on so you know when we upload and when we go live with all of our content uh there's a new salacious crumbs this week there's new tartis sauce this week you're discussing the the end of this season We've got, of this, of we're got. we in the
0: the final two episodes of this season it's a two-parter well sort of really a three-parter so, yeah. but uh but yeah two-parter the the final stretch, tonight, yep.
1: next week. And then on Friday, the Ranker Pit. And Saturday morning, well, Friday Friday evening, the Ranker Pit, maybe. And then um, Saturday morning, good morning, Wilterverse from Chicago. Yep. So, looking forward to that. All right, that's going to do it for us here. Thank you very much for watching. Yeah. And if you are listening on any of your favorite podcast players, thanks for listening. Don't forget, we do broadcast this. Generally live on Monday night on our YouTube channel. Yep. Uh, so you're welcome to join us there as well. So next week, two fifteen. Yeah. And we will get into the Dan Didio circumstance, but we're waiting for more information to come out. So we're not. We we're it's it's on our radar. Just not yet. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week.